Welcome to Internet Marketing for Humans, digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Hello and welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm your host, Andrew Laws. My company is also called Andrew Laws. Um, I will probably never change that. Anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast, we had a more of a conversation than an interview, really, with James Kindred of Fork and Big Drop Brewery and... You've done several other things. So I'm saying you, not listener. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure the listener's done loads of other things as well. But You seem busy. <laughs> there you go, James, uh, you seem busy. Would you uh, like to introduce yourself again? Yes, hello, I'm James. Uh, I uh, run or, or, or work and keep myself occupied with a few different things. So, <laughs> stay out of trouble. Uh, yeah, stay out of trouble by, by juggling chainsaws. Um, <laughs> so I uh, run a business or well, design consultancy slash uh, technology consultancy called Fork. And I started that uh, nearly two years ago. Um, I also set up a brewery in 2016 called the Big Drop Brewing Company. Uh, you can find that in Morrison's, Ocado, Holland and Barrett, Amazon, all over the place, Canada, uh, Australia, America, Sweden. So that's that's another thing I do. And then prior to that, I set up a technology company called InStyle, which was a booking platform for accommodation owners. Cool. Well, nice to see you again, James. Hello. <laughs> We've been sat here talking for some time and kind of remembered that we probably ought to switch microphones on at some point. Yeah. So we have something interesting to talk about today. Obviously, the, the focus of this podcast is usually sort of marketing-ish, but we kind of like to talk about general business efficiency and how, how to make the world a better place and how to make businesses easier. Workflows. Um, and it, it can sound, I think Andrew and I talked about this before switching the microphones on, and it can sound daunting and feel like you're losing control a little bit if you kind of surrender yourself to automation and it can make you feel a little bit kind of well what happens if and I think one of the things we talked about was there's lots of things you can do to make day-to-day easier you don't have to surrender everything and you don't have to do it all at once so it's it's you know we, we can go through a few different things that just make life a bit easier and stop you from having to copy and paste everything. Okay, let's try and do this kind of as a journey. So if I'm sat here working or doing something, yep. what's a trigger? What would be a sign that I'm doing something I might not need to do that could be covered off by automation? Um, I think a typical one would be if someone gets in touch with you through your website. They do. Uh, so if you've got a form on your website and you probably, most of you will use something along the lines of um, contact form 7 on your WordPress website, which is a plug-in, or you'll use a third-party service like Wufu, which I think is still going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Typeform is another one. Um, and that information can come in and you'll get a notification. And one of the pain points that I speak to a lot of people about, or is a really good example, is that you'll get an email come in and it will have the information that's from the form on there. And some people will kind of go, that's great, but it's really time-consuming because it comes in on my email. And then I've got to copy and paste it all across into a spreadsheet or into my CRM. So if I'm using Capsule or something like that, I've got to move all that into So a quick there. acronym check, CRM? Uh, <laughs> Customer Relationship <laughs> Management. <laughs> <laughs> I should know that. Um, I was like, consumer, uh, mm, yeah. Okay. Carl's Ready. Carl's. <laughs> Coles red mayonnaise. Um, okay. Uh, so, yeah, CRM is customer relationship management tool. 
And what that lets you do is store customer data. So um, you can segment people and you can reach out to people. And MailChimp could be used as a CRM to a certain extent, and some of those tools are being expanded. Um, but it's getting that information in there, which people can find time-consuming at times. So uh, a lot of the time people will say, well, it's coming on the email, and then I have to copy and paste it out. And then, it, it, you know, that takes quite a bit of time. It's not just the time. I mean, unless <laughs> you, you might not be surprised, but I still see a lot of people who don't simply copy and paste things who will copy type things yeah and as soon as you're doing that i know from my own typing i was sat uh, we've got jen here as well by the way she hasn't got a microphone but you shout there you go (laughs) jen's it we were talking earlier and i was proudly showing a a client a change i'd made on their site um that should have said dog friendly in a couple of places but it didn't it said or something else something dog friendly nice like that and um yeah if i had a copy and pasted then that wouldn't have happened but so it's it's not just the time it's the the more times you you duplicate manually yeah you each time you double the chance of making a mistake it's it's one of the things you have with um working out how to build a platform or a piece of software and that sort of thing and you can usually make something end-to-end pretty watertight Mm. in terms of how something's going to work and then you bring humans into it and then you realise that things can fall apart quite quickly. Years ago, when I used to do IT support, this is a long time ago, I can't remember what the acronym was, but it stood for Problem Exists Between... It's problem in chair, not in computer. <laughs> or, yeah, it, or it used to be Problem Exists Between... between um, No, Problem Exists on chair to keyboard interface, <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, you can have a few picnic errors. And just, we, we tend, when we used to do... Uh, Dev work with other companies and that sort of thing. It would, it would. You go, oh, that's a picnic error, and they go, oh, what's one of that? That sounds complicated. It's like, no, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it can be one of those things. As you say, is if you're not just copying and pasting, you're actually kind of copying something um, out long form into something. That's where errors can occur, and that's where things can break down and cause confusion and hmm. take more time to get things done. So, what? That's a great way to introduce automation into getting things from A to B without you having to touch them. And automation can sound like it, you know, a giant robot arm is going to come into your business and start doing things for you. And it's far simpler and far more uh, less threatening than that nowadays. And it's a far easier thing to set up. There's, uh, since the, you know, from 20 years ago, you'd have Microsoft Office and that would be connected to nothing at all. Mm. And you'd have a CRM and that would be connected to nothing at all. And you'd have to have systems in place to connect the two and they'd be expensive and a bit flimsy It'd be like odbc servers yeah yeah like and that. you had things like yahoo pipes which was the kind of oh, i loved that that was really handy <laughs> and you could do some crazy things with it but then they realized that people were kind of not using yahoo but just using yahoo pipes so mm. they, they switched it off and that start that was the dawn of people using uh, software as a service to connect other software as a service platforms. Mm. So a software as a service platform, a good example would be Capsule or MailChimp. You're paying monthly for a service as a platform on the internet. Uh, could I do a reverse acronym thing? A lot of people just call it SaaS. SaaS. But yeah, software as a service. Uh, so someone in Suffolk who's been a bit SaaS. cheeky. <laughs> Showing you a SaaS boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're, they're really handy. So you've got things like Zapier, uh, you've got um, there's two or three other platforms out there that let you connect one thing to another. Mm. From a consumer point of view, you may have heard of something called If This Then That, which is a bit more of a home-based automation thing. So if you've got Philips Hue lights and you've got a 
Nest doorbell and you want a light to change color when someone rings the doorbell, if this, if this, then that will do that for you. Zapier, similarly, for much more useful things, will connect one thing, one service to another. So a really good example, similar to how this email form works. If you've got, if you're using Typeform on your website and people fill the form in, you can connect Zapier to your Typeform account, pick that data up, and pass it straight into your CRM without you having to do anything. Mm. You can still get the email notification that it's happened, and you can add additional notifications for peace of mind that extra bits have happened that you may have put in. But there's no risk of um, information getting lost or transposed incorrectly, and you're saving time not having to do the thing that a really small, simple service can do for you nowadays. So if we set up automation, it means that, that we can actually just sit back and read romance novels and sip champagne while the machines oh, take over yeah. and do yeah. it all well, for yeah. us. And they can, they can all talk amongst themselves and you don't have to worry at all. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> but what that does mean you can do is you can go off and do something more effective with mm. your time that doesn't involve repetitive tasks. So you can... There's so many tools and services and there's a thousand different ways that you can um, cut these different services to do different things for you. Another really good example, taking it a little bit further, is a client of mine uh, is a wedding venue and they collect inquiries through their website and you know, ask people when, when the wedding date is, mm-hmm. how they heard about them, what the partner's name is, um, you know, just a few bits of information about what they're interested in, how they got to the website, that sort of thing. Someone will fill the form in, Zapier, Zapier, I call it Zapier, Zapier, um, will pick the information up, pass that information into Capsule, collect a PDF from uh, Google Drive, write an email to the couple, because you've got the couple's first name and surname, and send them the wedding brochure. And then it will create a task in Capsule for someone from the events team to follow up two days later. And that all happens instantly without anyone needing to do anything. Now I can see that that see so that's not just kind of saving time. That's that, that's that's making the most of an opportunity. Well, it's raising well. it's raising customer service game. Absolutely. So the other things you can do as well is you know people are going to be a little bit suspicious and and kind of catch on that they're part of an automated system if you send that out immediately. Mm. So what Zapier can do is you can put delays in. So you can say wait two hours and then do this. Mm. So you can start putting things in place and you can connect other services as well. So you could connect um, MailChimp to that workflow as well. So if someone's ticked something that they want to be part of updates in the type form, you can say if they've ticked that, send their details into MailChimp and tag them with weddings and tag them with the year they're wanting to get married. Mm -hmm. Because then you know you can segment by people wanting to get married in 2021 um, who came via the website who have said they're happy to receive more information. So it's very easy to start building up good practices really simply and really quickly. And the the even better thing is that nothing is set in stone. Once you've done that, you don't have to undo everything to make it better. You can then add more things as you go along through that and do something else, another service that you might think of to improve the chance of converting that person into a booking or saving you time to do something else. Okay, so one of the things I'm kind of wary of to anyone listening to this, we, we talk and we make it all sound very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder sometimes if people sat at home and go, well, it's all very well for you guys. You're tech guys or you're a developer or whatever. So what, what's the reality? Is there like a minimum bar to entry? Do you, do you have to be at least this smart to enter? Or? No, so, well, I think the caveat is that it depends what you're wanting to do. 
is um, what you want to get out of it. At the simplest level, uh, Zapier is a drag and drop service. So you can say, you essentially get presented with a series of apps in a, in a nice grid with all of their app icons. Mm -hmm. You can choose the app you want to connect and then it takes you through steps. So it tries to make it as simple as possible for you because Zapier being another software as a service product don't want support overhead. Mm -hmm. So they don't want people phoning all the time going, I don't know how to do this. So they've made a really good user interface and a really good user experience mm -hmm. to make sure that people aren't contacting all the time saying, this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So, and it, it's it's got better and better and better through the years where originally you'd have to have a little bit of a understanding of kind of you know, logic flows and if this and then that kind of idea. But now you get presented with a very simple flow chart of what's happening. You can test each step and see what's coming through. And you can obviously get very complex with how these things work. But the most basic level of, I want to save some time by passing what's coming on my contact form through to my CRM, that's really straightforward mm. for you to be able to pick up and do. You also have the ability to be able to test every single stage, make sure you're getting out what you're putting in. And also, it's got a really good way of telling you where you may have gone wrong or what you might want to try instead. So I think from a, if you want to start doing more complex things, that's where probably Andrew and I can help from different aspects with productivity or creative or marketing mm -hmm. mixed stuff. If you want to do things which is uh, small tasks which are going to save you time, then I'd, I'd just kind of grab the ball by the horns and, and go and give it a go. Oh, I'd, I'd agree entirely. So there's, I say, Zapier's... Yeah. Our preferred one. There's uh, also if this and that, as they say, it's more sort of home-based things. It's more like I um, think people use it to switch the lights on before they get home, or fire up the central heating at yeah. certain all, all that kind of stuff. But there's another one that I can't blooming remember. Is it Automate IO or, or yeah, something like that? There's loads out there, and they kind of come and go. A really good way of keeping an eye on what's coming and going is is a website called Product Hunt. Okay. Uh, and you can go on there and you can have an interest in certain different platforms. So I think we were briefly chatting before this about messaging platforms mm. and Slack and uh, Telegram and all those out there. And there's loads of others. And you can go on Product Hunt and see what the new ones are and get on the beta program and try them out. And a similar sort of thing with these connectivity services where you're connecting different services to each other. The Product Hunt has a section on there as well to find out kind of what the latest and greatest are. Okay. And that. If there's something, a really good one about uh, Zapier as well is that you can request a connection and developers can come in and write those connections for you. So, Or developers from Zapier or just... No, no, so third-party developers can... So somebody from... I mean, a really good example is um, DocuSign have one built straight into Zapier already. So mm -hmm. you can have a uh, workflow where you can send a DocuSign... So uh, DocuSign is just a simple, I, I get them from, I think, my accountant. Yeah. So you, you get sent a form and you, you can sign it electronically. Adobe have got, I think e this is called eSign. Yeah. It? I was say so eSign e don't have a Zapier connection at the moment and DocuSign do. Mm. If you've got access to eSign's APIs and you're a developer, and it's entirely possible you can get access to their APIs, you could write a Zapier connection. Mm. Uh, that can do all these new things. It's really interesting because I've, I've allowed... I mean, let's just focus on Zapier because it is, it's the one... 
is currently kind of the most accessible, I think, or the most useful. Yeah. But I've, I've used what's available in Zapier to inform software choices or to inform oh, totally. which services I, I, I recommend to clients or sign up for myself. Because if it's in Zapier, I know that whatever it is, is probably going to take me half the length of time or, you know, <laughs> or no time once mm-hmm. it's set up. So it's an, it's an interesting thing. Definitely. There's one, uh, I think, the taking something to the nth degree in terms of workflow there's one that I set up for a client where they originally had a very long form contact form on their website because they were trying to get as much information out of a a, a prospect as possible but the conversion rate on the form was very low because people would start the form and they'd get to question 15 (laughs) yeah and they'd go I don't really know how much longer I've got on this and they'd they'd drop off yeah (laughs) so so what we set up instead was uh, we used a service called Clearbit to do the hard work so Clearbit basically trawls around the internet for contact information on people. Um, it's scary. I've not actually heard of that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kind of Googling okay. it here. I, I think a live reaction of you trying Clearbit for the demo would probably be quite interesting, or we'll edit it out either way. <laughs> um, but So what Clearbit does is it will look at things like LinkedIn, Facebook public profiles, look at Companies House... Uh, or the equivalent in different countries um, and gather all this information about you. So what we basically did for the form was take the majority of the questions out, ask for their name and their email address and they could optionally put their phone number in. Uh, Zapier would then pick that information up, send it to Clearbit for a query and it it costs a few cents per query Mm. and then return all the information it found about that person and pass it directly into a capsule record with company information so we keep mentioning Capsule. Is Capsule a CRM? Capsule is a CRM. Okay. So it, it's... Uh, it, it, it's Carl's Red Mayonnaise. Yeah, Carl's Red Mayonnaise. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a service that uh, just lets you manage records and that sort of thing. And you can, you can go up to you know, incredibly corporate-level pla- CRM platforms like Salesforce, mm. that sort of thing. Capsules is, is built for um, small to medium-sized businesses, really. Okay. And you can plug in sales teams and you can... But it's a really good way of storing contacts. And, and So and this would be an example of automation. And we talk about... CRO, not CRM, uh, CRO, conversion rate optimization, yeah. which in its most simple form is I've got this many people coming to the website. I want more of those people to do what I want them to do. Yeah. You know, be that buy it stuff, submit submit details so that they become a lead, or you know, the, the list is endless. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm now seeing how automation could help that. I've got one client who, again, used to have a very long form, and we used uh, something called Hotjar just yeah. to show to the client that you know, you've got 30 fields here, you look, with Hotjar records people while they're using your website. You see the mouse things. fall asleep. Yeah, you the, the do. point they kind of just slow down and stop and then yeah, go and to then the back they, button. The, yeah, then they browse somewhere yeah. else. But the kind of the, the issue some clients have is that, you know, if I'm not asking people all these these things, I'm not um oh, you, you it, it's it's seizing the opportunity. You've got one opportunity to ask these questions, yeah. but I think you, you, you can look at that in different ways in that you can ask the question after they've gone. See, because I always say that for, for conversion rate optimization, or for getting p- more people engaged, ask a fewer questions as possible. Oh, absolutely. But I think from a client's point of view, they'd probably in their mind is that they're here. I've, it's a captive audience. I've mm. got one opportunity to ask them loads of questions. And it's, you, you, what you want to think about is is getting that conversion and find, trying to find other ways to find that information out. Yeah. And, you know, Clearbit is one of the things that can do that. And it is... When I originally demoed it to the client and they said, oh, you know, how much information can it really get? I said, oh, just pop your email address into that field. And it just returned this 
overview of this person. <laughs> and they were like, okay, that's both scary and really, really useful. So again, it's one of those things where it's, you know, yes, it can save you time and it can reduce menial tasks, but it's also then looking beyond that and saying, what can it actually do to enhance the day-to-day yeah, the, the, effectiveness? Yeah, the thing we're not, over, just for the listeners, the thing we're not overtly saying, just I don't want to focus forever on contact forms, but yeah. you know, they are they are such an important part of a business. It's one of the things that kind of appears in most different types of business, yeah, whether so it's a B2B or a B2C. Or what, what we're not actually coming out and overtly saying is, is if you have a massive contact form with lots of fields, very few people will want to fill it in. Yeah. If you have a very, very short contact form, I mean, most of the, the MailChimp, the mailing system, most of the, the forms that, that we use for that just ask for an email address now. Yeah. Because I kind of see it almost as an internal resource to find out the person's first name if you need to. And anyway, most people have their first name on their email address anyway. Yeah, and it, it tends to, you know, the, the novelty of addressing somebody by a first name in a marketing email is kind of worn off. It's kind of, it's a, it's a bit 2006, <laughs> it, isn't it? You know, originally that was like, oh, wow, they remembered my name. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a mail merge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's simplest form. It's just, you know, plucking stuff out of a database. So, so I think it's, you know, finding out those additional things where you know even clearbit will even go and find the business information of that person so if they've put a business email address in it will go out and find that business sector mm-hmm. it'll go out it can even you know, more for american companies it can find out turnover all that sort of thing as well so if you're particularly trying to target a certain sector of business but people are coming to your website and you can kind of justify the lead by this is the sector we're trying to target, they're a hot lead. Clearbit can go out and, and do that bit of so more yeah, investigating. I like you. that because we, we want incredibly brief forms on the site, but I, I do see how some clients say that if you get a lead, the word is not coming to me, but it's how you could gather a thousand leads that are absolute junk. If you've yeah. only got a limited resource for, for sales, which is true for everyone, you want to find which leads are worth pursuing. Now, I mean, this is why clients want to ask lots and lots of questions yeah. but yeah you can see with automation and, and from this example clear bit that then becomes something that you you deal with internally rather than putting people off by having a big massive form on your site yeah and again it's you know it's looking after it's looking at things uh, that you can do after that initial automation has happened so again kind of taking the taking the contact form workflow is if you glean a specific piece of information that is really useful to you. So industry, for example, Mm. comes back. And even if you're just capturing it in the form on the page, so you get name, email address, industry, Mm. uh, and company name. You know, it's starting to get a little long there, but you could could get away with having a form like that without using Clearbit. What you could then do is use Zapier to say, if the industry is this, then mark it as a (laughs) hot prospect in your CRM. Because you can start, you know, you could then go in and do that yourself and go, ooh, they're, they're this, it and I can set time, a task for someone. And of course, all our clients are successful and busy, so they're in, inundated yeah. with leads. Well, exactly. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's qualifying, just... Qualifying, that's yeah, the word, it's qualified sorry. leads, yes. It finally so came it's, to me. It, it's, it's qualifying those leads and, and having some simple rules in place for it to do it for you. Mm. And, you know, there's particular sectors you may not be actually be interested in. In which case you could, you know, if they choose the sector and you decide to still have it on your website, they choose the sector, you could send an automated email back on a delay of three hours later Mm. saying, thanks for your inquiry. 
I don't think we're the right people for you. <laughs> so you, it, it's just having things in place where you can, you know, otherwise you've got to type something up or otherwise you've got to qualify the lead yourself or otherwise you've got to copy and paste something. Hmm. Which of those elements can you take out of your daily workflow that's taking up your time and pass off to something else that's actually going to make your time more useful? No, it's, it's incredibly powerful. I think we've we've hit upon kind of quite quite a powerful way of using automation. Yeah. I mean, potentially, you know, cleaning contacts from a marketing perspective is incredibly time-consuming. I'd be interested to know if it, if it integrates with, so I'm going off-piste here, but if it integrates with any of the other kind of intelligence-gathering systems like uh, Lead Forensics or I have a preference Raywon Web Stats, uh, things that do, when someone visits your website, yeah. with an accuracy of about 20%, they're probably going to contact me now, but with an accuracy of about 20%, they'll say the name of the company that contacts Because you said lead forensics. Oh, God, they're just... <laughs> I'm going to try and be neutral, but once once you become a lead forensics lead, you, you will hear from them a lot. Anyway. They qualify hard. They qualify hard. <laughs> they do. Um, yeah, we've we, uh, I've been a lead forensics customer uh, in the past and, and Target. And and uh, other other services are available. <laughs> We're not the BBC. Um, I just don't want to say anything that's going to get get me sued. Um, yeah, no, let's let's swiftly move on. It's a, to be honest, to be oh, fair, I've got one. To be fair, they, they are. It's a good system. Yes, it, it. I think it has. I think for the right business type, it, it didn't work for us because uh, for the business I was using it for because people were not looking for what we were offering specifically in the business that they were working or browsing from at the time. Mm. So we'd get someone from Lead Forensics pop up and go, someone from the NHS is incredibly interested in your product. Like, wow, and we'd go, one of 15 million yeah, people. Yeah, and it's like, okay, that's that's broad. And also our platform's not built for healthcare. Mm. So yeah, we're going to have to, you know, we can't send a speculative email out to at the NHS and hope to hit the right person. <laughs> dear, dear NHS. Yes. <laughs> First of all, I love you. Secondly, yeah. yeah. Secondly, on someone, Tuesday, yeah, somebody someone, wanted Secondly, coffee. and we're not stalking you, <laughs> but somebody had a look. Um, uh, but I, th- I can see use cases for some businesses who uh, have who, who have a audience who may be looking for that service mm. in the place of work that needs that service in that place of work. Yeah. But there's some situations where it can be too broad or too scattergun, where lead forensics just won't won't pinpoint where that opportunity coming, is. Coming, yeah, coming full circle on the automation. If you are using an intelligence gathering system like lead forensics or A1 Web Stats or or any of the others, yeah, this is how you you dump out the useless data. Then, especially if you've got a high traffic website and you're getting thousands of notifications, just slimming that noise out. Just, just. Yeah quieting down the din and it's you know if you've got a obviously a contact form in in a lot of cases is going to have a comments section your your contact form is not going to be uh, a passive one where like where someone's signing up for email updates where they're just putting their email address and sometimes their name in mm. and they just slowly get information back you, this is an active it's a, it's a conversation starter. Yeah. So in the comment section, people are going to put what their requirement is and why they're contacting you. You can use Zapier to analyse, you know, look for particular words that is in that section. Mm-hmm. Now going, this is more of an advanced uh, workflow than 
moving stuff across from one system to another. But you can start to do some intelligence. If someone has something in, you know, if they were to use the word urgent or they put a competitor's name in or there. on fire. Or, yeah, <laughs> Ram Factory on fire or something like that. If, if they put a competitor's name in, then chances are it's that they're using that competitor mm. and they're not very happy with that competitor. Otherwise, why are they getting in touch with you? Mm. So if you say, look for this, you know, in, in this workflow, look for this competitor's name. And if they come up, put a note in the lead that says, so I don't have to kind of read through the long form opportunity, but I can pick out, you know, this is the yeah. system they're currently using. So that, that, that's kind of get, getting a bit more advanced. Yeah. I mean, with these kind of things, with any, anything that we talk about on the podcast, I like to think of a jumping in point, kind of a very simple way just to sort of have a taste without committing a ton of time or a ton of intellect or resource or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think Zapier, I think almost anybody listening, if I was going to give you homework, it's just go to zapier.com. Yeah. I mean, that's it. For, for now, just go look, because as soon as you're on the homepage, you're going to see... <laughs> I'm clicking on it now. They, soon, they don't do referral links, unfortunately, so you just have to go to zapier.com. Yeah, no, sorry. yeah we're, we're not going to make any money from this, James. <laughs> um, but as soon as you get there, you will recognise the brands. You'll recognise the app names. You'll see something. And if you start automation in a small way, yeah. it will inspire you. To, to get more complex and I mean the, the more complex your workflow in reality the more the simpler your life becomes yeah. and there's a free plan on Zapier as well you don't have to give any money up to try it out so you'll this is get, getting better and better this is, this is, this is wins all the way down you'll get a free trial I can't remember I think it's a 14 day free trial uh, you can try the whole thing out and you can do all of the kind of wonderful things that it does. What I'd say is don't don't get too distracted by the bells and the whistles. Mm. Find two services that you use and you will find at least two services that you use already available on Zapier as a, as a thing to connect to the other thing and try it out in its simplest form. Work work with it as if you're going to use the free plan yeah. and, and find something to that's, that's A, not business critical and B, not going to take a lot of time but that is going to give you the uh, the picture that you need to see how useful it can be. And it doesn't have to stick stay with being Zapier. You could go and find a competitor out there and apply a similar thing. But Zapier is a really great way of just kind of jumping in, trying something out really simply, mm. and then thinking, oh, if I, oh, this will save me time if I do this. And then you, and then you're off. You're away. That's a better way start, of doing yeah. it. I mean, there's a everyone in our industry's kind of susceptible to this, but there's the shiny new object syndrome. And if you go to Zapier or, or if this, then that, you know, I have that one. Um, I've <laughs> there, there are some mad things you can do, but just just try try and rail it in. I mean, you you can do anything. You can have if someone if it starts to rain in San Francisco, then. Make my yeah. doorbell ring, <laughs> just like yeah, it's you, some like, crazy. If things. the international space station is flying over my house, make my lights flash. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Do you think like, enough of us could synchronise to you, like send yeah, a just a, yeah, just shoot and it would just across be like, the ta- across Hello, Dave. You can do it. You can set a uh, so you can set a, a radius of how close it is to your house of it going over. I'm gonna do and this. Then this is on IFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFF
of seeing what you connect can connect to other things and just playing with mm. things like the weather report you know tying in dark skies or uh weather station or something like that into a service <laughs> dark skies just before james arrived today i've got an apple watch and it pinged up with the dark skies it's a an app service that lets you know usually when it's going to start raining yeah and we're recording this in november and it's popped up with a it said a warning of yellow snow <laughs> no a yellow snow warning yeah. that I said, Run. I was like, oh no <laughs> so i rang james said james you don't want to get caught out in the yellow snow <laughs> <laughs> but you could yeah you could do something along the lines of that where you the if the if there's a particular severe weather warning you know mm. it can be useful to you from a home point of view as well you don't have to do crazy things of space stations flying over and <laughs> lights going off and that sort of thing but you can do things that can you know could arguably save you time at home but playing with these different uh non-critical services it's a, it? a good way of just kind of being a little bit creative with things and then it might set something off that you think Oh hey, I could I could actually plug this into this mm. in my work environment, and that's actually going to save me. You know, say it takes you a minute every time someone fills in the application for the, the contact form in a website, and you've got to move that across into a CRM. Yeah. If your site's particularly successful, you're going to be spending a lot of your time doing something that a system could do for you, and not just quicker, but and not just quicker, more intelligent in more, adding a, more value. And, and if you're hand hand copying things across and typing them in more accurately because it's one source of the truth mm. which is the kind of the holy grail of information is that there should always be one version of it yep. flying around everywhere and if there's more than one version of it you've got to keep that number as low as possible absolutely so it's it's just finding those ways that a saves time and b just makes things more effective i think you've summarized that very nicely um, do you want to get in another plug for your websites before we wrap uh, up? Yeah, okay. So uh, my consultancy is uh, fork.uk.net and you can see some of the recent work I've worked on. And uh, bigdropbrew.com is my brewing company and you can see all the places we'll be available from. Uh, one of which will be Amazon next week. Oh, wow. Well done. Uh, as well. So we'll be selling direct through Amazon. Cool. Um, How many bottles or, and cans are you making a day at the moment? I don't know. So next year we're going to make 2.25 million pints. Wow. Uh, across uh, all of the countries that we're in. So how that works per day, I don't know. You're going to be really busy. Can you automate it in here? <laughs> yeah, they thought, <laughs> I've got to stop copying and pasting beer to start <laughs> with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Although it would be easier if I could just duplicate the volume of beer we had to make. It was just <laughs> times two, <laughs> yeah. times two, times two. Apple D. <laughs> okay, I'm going to um, going to wrap it up there. Thanks ever so much, James. It's James Thank Kindred. You. I kind of um, <laughs> keep forgetting your surname. Thanks, Jen, <laughs> who's also here and has been doing her own thing, um, and reminded me how to spell friendly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been Andrew. I remain Andrew. I probably will be tomorrow. I very much expect it. Okay, please like, subscribe, share, comment, do all that fun stuff. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Thanks again, James. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers, Jen. Cheers. Bye.